You're listening to the Bible Chunks Read-Through Podcast in association with the Limadine Bible Reading Plan and Charles River Church. To have your own copy of this reading plan sent straight to your inbox, you can sign up at charlesriver.lmd.church. For more information about Charles River Church, visit charlesriverchurch.com. We read the whole story to make whole disciples of Jesus. Hey, welcome to Bible Chunks, where we read through the Bible in the chunks or sections based on themes that it was designed to be read in so we can get a better handle on the story of God. My name's Kevin. That's enough about me. Let's dive into the Word. Today we'll be reading Romans 3:21 through 5:21, 57 verses today. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there's no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in a divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It's excluded. By what kind of a law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. Since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Is this blessing then only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? For we say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? It was not after, but before he was circumcised. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised, so that the righteousness would be counted to them as well and to make him the father of the circumcised who are not merely circumcised, but also who walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be the heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath. But where there is no law, there's no transgression. 
That's why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the inherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I've made you the father of many nations, in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope he believed against hope, that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That's why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It would be counted to us who believe him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for us trans our trespasses, and raised for our justification. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we've also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we're reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who is a type of the one who is to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift of grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
What a profound passage. I don't have time. I mean, you could preach 20 sermons. You could preach more than 20 sermons on what we just read. So I'm just going to hit the highlights. Essentially, the argument that Paul is making is that God gave Abraham the covenant. He's, he's talking covenants. And so God gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision at the same time that he was promising to make Abraham's descendants uh, great nations and, and to bring through his line this savior who would bless all the nations of the world. And Paul is making the argument, when did God actually have Abraham circumcised? Was it before he believed all those things or after he believed all those things? It was after he believed all those things. And so Abraham was justified before he was circumcised. So Paul is making the argument that that hasn't changed, that we can be justified before or without being circumcised. And so he's saying that the Gentiles don't need the law that came after Abraham, the the circumcision, and then additionally, the law of Moses in order to be brought into God's family. Now, the law of Moses, he goes on and says that Abraham was justified by faith, not by the law. Abraham was justified before the law of Moses was even in existence. So how do we explain that? Abraham's the father of the faith. He didn't observe the Torah because the Torah didn't exist, but he did follow God. And so he's making the point that Moses gave the law, or God gave the law through Moses on Sinai, and that was very important. But it's not what justifies. And so that's where he comes in and says, much in, any, in every way. So do we overthrow the law? So, so what are you saying, Paul? Do we just ignore the law? And he says, no, by no means. On the contrary, we uphold it. So what was gained by Abraham? Well, Abraham trusted the Lord and it was counted to him as righteousness. And that's exactly what God is asking us to do through Christ, is to trust in Christ and have it counted to him as righteousness. Just as Adam sinned, And it was counted to everybody after Adam as rebellion because through Adam, everybody else sinned. Through Christ, everybody else will be made righteous. Those who trust in him place him as their identity. So you have the umbrella of in Adam and in Christ. And so you will either be identified in Adam, in your flesh, in, in your own works righteousness. You try to do what, whatever you can do, or you can be identified in Christ and have his righteousness cover all of your sins. That's the propitiation that he's talking about in Jesus' blood. That the, the justice and judgment that is put or, or should in, be put towards all sins have already been covered for those who are in Christ. And so that way, God can uphold his justice while also letting the guilty off the hook. That way, God is both just and the justifier of those who have faith in Christ Jesus. And so it's not by works of the law that we're saved, it's by faith in Christ. Just as Abraham was saved by faith in God and and followed God and showed that he trusted God, we are saved by faith in Christ. And we live and follow Christ wherever he leads and show and live lives that reveal that we trust in Christ. And God takes our sin debt, takes our the things that would keep us away from him, walking in rebellion to him, 
and transfers them to Christ. Christ absorbs them and transfers to us his righteousness. And then we're, we're brought in. And so he says, therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so that's Adam's sin, Adam and Eve's sin, so one act of righteousness leads to the justification and life for all men, those who would trust in Christ. As one man's disobedience, the many were made to be sinners. By the one man's obedience, the many were made to be righteous. And so the law shows how desperately we need a savior because nobody has been able to keep the law except for Christ. And so there's tons going on here and I could go on for a lot longer, but I won't. As we wrap up today, I'd ask you to consider what does this section of scripture tell us about who God is and what he's like and what he wants for the world? What does it tell you about yourself? And then finally, what was it that the Holy Spirit was stirring up while we were reading? Take those thoughts, turn them into prayers, and we'll be right here again tomorrow. Until then, God bless.